Hello, my name is Andrew Laposha, and welcome to the Twilight Years. On today's episode, we will be looking at the death and final years of comedian Bob Hope. It is often stated that Bob Hope is the most popular entertainer of the 20th century. In an almost 80-year career, he was often the top-rated performer in almost all forms of media, from vaudeville to radio to movies to TV to popular song. He basically invented stand-up comedy as we know it. He put out numerous TV specials, which were ratings blockbusters, and had the amount of viewers you'd expect from a Super Bowl. He was also the go-to for hosting the Academy Awards, hosting a whopping 19 times. That's only the beginning. Not only was he the most popular entertainer of the century, he may have been the most important one as well. The biggest part of Bob's legacy was being part of the USO tour and going overseas to entertain the troops for every war of the 20th century, with the exception of World War I. Yes, Bob Hope was beloved. But not everybody felt that way. Even though he had one of the longest marriages in Hollywood, he and his wife Dolores were married for 69 years, his affairs were numerous. There's rumors that when he'd go overseas, he would threaten to leave showgirls behind if they didn't sleep with him. The post-Vietnam years were not kind to him. He defended the Vietnam War and became a friend and supporter of President Richard Nixon. Many thought he was overexposed. When I said his television specials were numerous, I mean that he often put out several per year. And not only that, but in the later years, they got weird. But we'll get to that. Some thought he was a straight-up hack, heavily relying on writers, obvious cue card reading, constant mugging to the camera, and trying way too hard to be hip. However, like him or hate him, you have to admit that he was important. By the 1980s, Bob's movie career was mostly over. The last movie he had starred in was 1972's Cancel My Reservation, which was a critical and commercial flop. His final two movies were both cameo appearances, The Muppet Movie in 1979 and Spies Like Us in 1985. But Bob was sticking around. In fact, he never seemed to know when to quit. His television specials were still being broadcast well into the mid-1990s. His daughter Linda became head of his production company as well as his executive producer. Throughout the 1980s, his ratings were all over the place. Sometimes they'd win their time slot, but sometimes they'd fail miserably. Even though he received a new batch of writers, they weren't helping much. The only times there would be any kind of real draw for a big audience would be his Christmas specials as well as the ones for his birthday. Longtime Hope writer Gene Parrott said, The Christmas and birthday ones were probably more special because the occasion was more special. You have unique premises for monologues, and you have plenty of ideas for the sketches too. You're right, these did often result in more attractive guests. During the 1984-85 season, Bob cut back to just four specials a year. Physically, Bob was starting to show signs of wear, too. He had been healthy all his life, but his hearing was starting to diminish, to the point where Linda had to eventually feed him his lines through an earpiece. Also, there was less spring in his movement. In 1982, he had a hemorrhage in his right eye, which seriously affected his vision. As the years went on, his hearing began to wane. He was prescribed a hearing aid, but refused to wear it, saying he could still hear the laughs. By the time the 1989-1990 television season began, NBC programming head Warren Littlefield reduced the number of Bob Hope specials even more. 
This was done so the network could afford producing four half-hour trial episodes for a new sitcom called Seinfeld, named in honor of its star, Jerry Seinfeld. The show became a smash hit. In 1990, Bob wrote a book called Don't Shoot, It's Only Me, which recapped his 40-plus years of entertaining the troops. It was widely believed that his days of entertaining the servicemen were finished, but it wasn't. That year, Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. The United States got involved, and the Persian Gulf War began. Bob unexpectedly began a Christmas tour of the Persian Gulf. At this point, he was 87 years old and getting frail. Linda came along with him, as did his wife Dolores. Bob did well on the trip, and the special that featured him entertaining these soldiers placed ninth for the week. However, a special that aired three months later celebrating the end of the war did not, sinking to 30th place for that week. When I stated earlier that Bob's later career specials got weird, that might have been a bit of an understatement. Some claim that they're flat out unwatchable. Whenever a clip from these specials gets posted on YouTube, they're often taken down a short time later at Linda's request. On Bob's 1989 birthday special, his monologue went so badly he had to re-record lines. New lyrics were written in French of his signature song, Thanks for the Memory, but they were spelled out phonetically on the cue card so he could say them properly. Sometimes he would miss his cue, causing him to get angry at Brooke Shields at one point. The specials were also trying way too hard to be hip. One of the bizarre things about the specials were the guest stars. Oftentimes he would have fellow old guard like Milton Berle and Phyllis Diller, but sometimes he'd have younger stars like Macaulay Culkin and Garth Brooks. Topical humor had always been Bob's forte, but in the 80s and 90s it didn't look good on him. He would do movie parodies during sketches, often missing the point in them. In one sketch, a parody of Tim Burton's 1989 Batman movie, he dressed up as the Joker, makeup and all, alongside Michael Crawford as Batman and John Forsythe as Superman. In that same special, Bob and Crawford played rapping newsmen. In another special, he did a Robin Hood sketch with Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold. Now, even though these specials seem painful by the descriptions alone, I personally consider the ones I have seen to be guilty pleasures. They might be hard to sit through, but they're definitely worth checking out. However, his ratings were not improving, and the special that aired on April 9, 1990, ranked at a dismal 45th place for that week. Bob Hope had always been a frequent guest on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, but these appearances were difficult as well. He often had trouble comprehending the questions he was asked, and Johnny had to stick to the notes that Bob's staff had provided. If Carson asked a question out of order, Bob might respond with an answer to a different question. Johnny noticed Bob's frailties and told his writers, If I ever end up like that, guys, I want you to shoot me. Carson retired from The Tonight Show in 1992 to much fanfare. I will delve more on this when I do an episode on Johnny Carson, but one of the main reasons he retired while still at the top of his game was that he did not want to be Bob Hope. He did not want to wear out his welcome. As a result, Johnny did not do much else after his retirement. On May 29, 1993, Bob celebrated his 90th birthday. At this point, his hearing and eyesight had worsened to the point that he could no longer carry a show on his own anymore. A big 90th birthday special was planned for him, where he would mostly be a bystander. For the special, Johnny Carson did a monologue, the first and only one he did after his retirement. A massive host of celebrities came forward to pay tribute to Bob, including a tape message from President Bill Clinton, as well as all five of the living ex-presidents. 
Producer Don Misher put a microphone in Bob's ear, and Linda sat in the control room so she could tell Bob what was going on and to give directions in the bits he briefly participated in. Bob even managed to muster a few words at the end to say thank you. The special was a big hit and won an Emmy for Outstanding Musical or Comedy Special, the first win for a Bob Hope special since 1966. It was a great farewell for Bob's career, but that's not what ended up happening. Many agreed that the 90th birthday show should have been his final special, but Bob refused to quit and NBC didn't have the heart to say no to him. Most of the remaining specials were either clip shows or young comedian specials where Bob could be trotted out to do a small introduction. On December 15, 1993, one of Bob's last annual Christmas specials aired. The special was a visit to Bob Hope's home, but done on a studio set. It was set up like a family gathering, featuring Bob's children and grandchildren, as well as appearances by Lonnie Anderson, Barbara Eden, and Joey Lawrence. Bob was mostly an onlooker again, except for the infamous Jack Frost sketch. If you're like me and you wanted to start a podcast, but were not very tech-savvy, you wouldn't have known what to do. Then I heard about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. If you're a regular listener to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, which is my personal favorite podcast, you know all about the Jack Frost sketch. Gilbert and his co-host Frank Santopadre frequently take shots at later career Bob Hope, and the Jack Frost sketch is their favorite target. In the sketch, Bob wears a horrifying Jack Frost costume. Dolores sings a song while Bob makes tiny remarks in between. Gilbert Gottfried's observation about the sketch is that Bob looks like he's been dead for years and that it's Dolores' revenge for his years of infidelity. The sketch is a complete train wreck and must be seen to be believed. This is one of the rare clips that Linda has not managed to take off YouTube. I will post the video on the Twilight Years Facebook and Twitter pages. Somehow that Christmas special did well in the ratings, reaching 11th place for that week. After that, his ratings plummeted. His family tried to coax him into retirement, but to no avail. During the taping of a Young Comedian special in 1994, Linda wanted Bob to close with a simple good night. Bob snapped at her, saying he wasn't going to do that. He then did his closing with a few jokes. He turned to comedian Dave Thomas and said, Now that's the way I say good night, not like goddamn Walter Cronkite. Bob also continued to show up at the annual Bob Hope Desert Classic Golf Tournament. He would hit a drive on the first tee to launch the tournament and then sat back for the rest of the event. His last appearance at the tournament was in February 1995, where he played a round with Presidents Clinton, Ford, and Bush, as well as the tournament's defending champion, Scott Hotch. Even though Bob could barely play anymore, he did hit some drives from the middle of the fairway, and he did skip a few holes. Meanwhile, the ratings for Bob's specials were tanking. A special that aired in March of 1995 came at a terrible 81st place out of 91 for that week. A special that aired a few months later did even worse. NBC really did not want to cancel him, but they knew he couldn't go on much longer. That year, Bob was planning a trip to Europe for a special to celebrate the 50th anniversary of VE Day. Dolores said that this would have to be the last one. 
It was announced that there would be no annual Christmas special that year, for the first time since he started in 1950. As 1996 began, tabloids began to report that the end was near. Many disputed these claims, but Bob was getting more frail. It was announced that one last special would air that year. The special would be a retrospective of Bob's encounters with presidents. A month before the special aired, NBC allowed him to take out an ad in Variety, The Hollywood Reporter, and The Los Angeles Times, announcing that he was a free agent. The special aired on November 23, 1996. While Bob did appear on the special, it was hosted by Tony Danza, who did most of the talking. While the special did get the highest ratings he had in three years, it still did not win its time slot. It was a sad finish for the career of a comedy giant. Bob made a brief appearance in a Kmart commercial in 1997. He also showed up at Jimmy Stewart's funeral that year, where his frail appearance was noted. At this point, Bob was mostly blind and deaf and showing signs of dementia. He spent most of his retirement watching Jeopardy! with headphones on so he could hear. In his prime, Bob loved to take late-night walks outside, but now he would take them indoors. He would take them through a local grocery store in Toluca Lake or through the terminal building of Palm Springs Airport. Sometimes his caretaker would even let him drive his golf cart to the course that was a few blocks away and let him play a few holes. Dolores had been a lifelong devout Catholic, and Bob adhered to her wishes and converted in 1996. There were always tabloid reports about Bob's failing health, and from time to time, pictures would appear of him with bloodshot eyes. On June 4, 1998, the Associated Press accidentally reported him dead when a pre-written obituary was posted on the internet. Representative Bob Stump, who was the Republican chairman of the Veterans Affairs Committee, heard the news, and he gave a eulogy on the House floor. Reporters began calling instantly, and Linda calmly told them that Bob was alive and eating breakfast right in front of her. Bob himself got a good laugh out of it. A few months later, at the 50th Annual Emmy Awards, Jay Leno introduced Bob, Milton Berle, and Sid Caesar as a tribute to the founding fathers of television comedy. While the three men did not speak, they waved from the stage and received a standing ovation that lasted longer than a minute. It would be Bob's last appearance on an entertainment show. Despite his health issues, Bob did make a few trips to Washington for events in his honor during his last years. He went to the White House, where President Clinton made him an honorary veteran. In June 2000, he went back to Washington for the opening of the Bob Hope Gallery of Entertainment. That would be his last public appearance. Shortly after this appearance, Bob had his first major health scare. He began having stomach pains and was rushed by ambulance to Eisenhower Medical Center. He was suffering from gastrointestinal bleeding. Bob's spokesperson downplayed the severity of the situation, but the truth was that he was in critical condition. He pulled through, but after that, he needed full-time nursing care. He spent the rest of his life mostly bedridden. In August 2001, he spent almost two weeks in the hospital with pneumonia. A week after his discharge, he and Dolores released a statement expressing their horror over the attacks on September 11th. When war broke out in Iraq in March of 2003, Bob released a statement saying he wished he could go entertain the troops, but his doctors wouldn't let him. In April of that year, Bob was about a month away from turning 100. NBC marked the occasion with one final tribute special, 100 Years of Hope and Humor. Because of Bob's condition, he was not in attendance, and no recent footage of him was included. It did well in the ratings, though, even receiving an Emmy nomination, but bafflingly, it was in the category of Outstanding Reality and Competition Program. On May 29th, Bob celebrated his 100th birthday. 
President George W. Bush and Queen Elizabeth sent birthday cards, and 35 states proclaimed his birthday as Bob Hope Day. When Dolores asked where he wanted to be buried, he replied with, surprise me. On July 27, 2003, at about 9.30 p.m., Bob died peacefully of pneumonia, surrounded by family. He was 100 years old. His funeral was held a couple days later with a low-key service at St. Charles Borromeo Church. A month later, a larger invitation-only service was held at the same church. In attendance were Phyllis Diller, Barbara Eden, Larry King, Marie Osmond, Kelsey Grammer, Gerald Ford, Nancy Reagan, Mickey Rooney, and Brooke Shields. A year after Bob's death, his son Tony died suddenly of a heart aneurysm at the age of 63. Dolores suffered a mild stroke in 2008 and died in September 2011 at the age of 102. One of the sad truths about Bob Hope is that he's being forgotten. When he died, news outlets did not give him a proper send-off. His New York Times obituary had been waiting to be published for years, to the point that its author had been dead for three years. Time magazine only gave him a one-page article. NBC ran a short two-minute salute the night after his death before going back to their airing of a Fear Factor rerun. History has sadly not been kind to Bob. Very few comedians that became famous in the past few decades cite him as an influence. In recent years, plans have been made to change the name of the Bob Hope Airport in Burbank to simply the Hollywood Burbank Airport, though a small plaque is in the terminal. Bob Hope does not deserve to be forgotten. Your mileage may vary on whether or not he was funny, but regardless, his legacy deserves to live on. Thank you all for listening to The Twilight Years. Please don't forget to subscribe. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. The links are included in the description of this episode. If possible, leave me a review. If you have any requests for somebody you would like to see talked about on this podcast, let me know and I will do my best to get to them. Thanks again for listening. My name is Andrew Laposha, and I will see you next time. Thank you.